The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm Neil Zacharias, and you're listening to Eat for the Planet. On this show, we try to answer the question, how can we eat in a way that nourishes us without starving the planet? The show features conversations with food industry leaders, health and sustainability experts, as well as entrepreneurs and creative minds who are redefining the future of food. In this episode, I speak with Prince Khalid, founder and CEO of KBW Ventures. Khalid has a really interesting background. He's a member of the Saudi royal family and the son of a prominent philanthropist who Time magazine called the Arabian Warren Buffett. Khalid is a firm proponent of clean energy and healthy living, and he also happens to be an outspoken animal advocate. In this wide-ranging and fascinating conversation, we talk about why he started eating plant-based, his focus on impact investing, and his passion for food technology as a solution to our global health and hunger crisis. Khalid has some really bold predictions about the end of factory farming, and as any good investor, he plans to put his money where his mouth is. In a time where the devastating impacts of climate change seem really inevitable, Khalid provides a refreshingly positive and optimistic outlook on the future. I really enjoyed this chat with Khalid, and I'm sure you will too. I'm here with uh, Prince Khalid bin Al-Walid uh, bin Talal. Khalid, please. Khalid, okay, great. Um, thanks so much for being with us today. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to have this conversation. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So let's start with how would you describe what you do to, to someone who's, uh, who doesn't know your background or what your focus is right now? So I'm a passionate um, investor, and I believe, and I try to uh, to make any investment I make a conscious investment. Um, so it ranges from alternative energy to um, to food technology, and obviously into other technologies that are um, into VC. Great. Yeah. And so venture let's, capital. Right. Yeah. So let's go back to maybe your personal background and sure. how you got started down the path of um, sustainability and your focus here. What was what triggered your interest in sustainability and plant-based food and animal welfare? Was it an interconnection of all those issues or which one came first really? It really was a gradual um, progression from uh, health and then moved uh, towards animal uh, welfare and understanding animals into the environment. And then tying everything together and seeing that these uh, three elements are actually interrelated. So um, more than seven years ago, I want to say I had high cholesterol, um, overweight. I was um, about 215 pounds or something like that, something crazy. But um, uh, I went to the doctor. He gave me some medicine, as, as you heard in the Resistarian Summit. Um, and uh, as my joints started to hurt, insomnia kicked in, all the weird stuff started happening. So I started to learn how do I can better my health in alternative measures. So I went on a plant-based diet, went back after a year. Doctor said, great, continue with the medication. It's working um, beautifully. Tell him I got news for you. I have actually not have been on your medicine for uh, a year. He, he, he actually didn't believe me. <laughs> But be it as it may, um, I told them that there are other alternatives to um, to getting uh, your health better other than doing your medication and stuff because you're just suppressing your problem. You're not really um, solving the root cause of the issue of health. So then I decided to go into a more elaborate 
um, thinking and elaborate ways to understand what exactly am I doing right now? So why am I a vegan right now? Why am I a vegetarian or whatnot? I, I was actually never a vegetarian. I, I moved towards being pescatarian and then towards being a vegan. Um, never liked cheese or milk and all that stuff. But um, when I moved to uh, to watch to, to um, watching documentaries and um, understanding where our food comes from, how animals are treated, it really opened my eyes to the issue that uh, this isn't a health issue anymore. I, I actually couldn't care less about my health, surprisingly, <laughs> at that issue. It was like this is a bigger thing that we're 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 systematically mistreating animals. We're torturing animals, we're kidnapping animals, we're raping animals, we're um, imprisoning animals just for um, a luxury that many consider a luxury, meat. And other would consider a luxury of wearing nice shoes. And, uh, and, then the, and then the reality kicked in that I'm wearing someone's skin on my feet and on my shoulder when it's a jacket or I'm sitting on it in a car. Mm-hmm. And it just dawned on me that this is a much bigger issue than just food. It's it's a it's a systematic mistreatment of um, of animals that are really being overlooked by so many, and, and as if they're not only second class citizens, but they're they're nothing. It's it's a, it's a sad sad reality, and I'm not saying that they're like citizens as it, but but you wouldn't treat the second a quote unquote second. Class citizen as as that that bad you wouldn't treat they're any human. Property, right? they're, they're, they're not. We're not ours. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have no right to treat other beings that way. Mm-hmm. So it just morphed into that, um, into that passion, into um, explaining to people that this can change. Right. This reality can really change. And then I learned about the environment and then how that tied into everything. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that just played a much bigger role in my passion on doing. Um, more conscious investment investments in, into this into this sector. Great, and so you mentioned that your when your doctor prescribed um, certain medications to you, you turned to a plant based diet. How did that come about? Did you did you read a book? Were you did you just happen to stumble upon an article on the internet? Uh, how did you learn about that? I always knew that eating more plants was good for you. Mm-hmm. Most people do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, that's the fact, that's the fact of the matter. If mm-hmm. you eat more plants, it's better for you. And I decided just to go cold turkey and see what would happen. Oh, great. And it really did flip my life upside down. I, I, lo- I lost a bunch of weight. I lost about... What's that, in, what's that in um pounds? I lost about um sixty or fifty pounds just wow. literally on diet only. I never, I didn't do any exercise. I was actually the laziest. I called myself the laziest man alive. I didn't do anything, <laughs> but worked and um and uh, I ate well. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you know when you so I can speak from you know my personal journey when I learned about animal agriculture, its impact on the environment obviously the impact of billions of animals around the world uh, and then you make the health connection it it you seem like you almost wake up from uh, a coma and you see the world very differently and for me it transformed my life it made me start one green planet and took me down the course where I'm sitting here with you now yeah uh, what transformation came about in your life because it's I did it just impact let's start with personally did it impact your personal life your family how did it change your outlook to the world it, it, it impacted my world in a health wise because I was unhealthy and then I became healthy and then it became something uh, a little more than that as I explained to you about how animals are treated but uh, the main focus on how it started was health mm-hmm. I, I was in bad health I used to be athletic I used to do all, all, all soccer and um tennis and all that stuff but um, I stopped that started working and then gain weight and then I just missed that type of that living uh, the, the active living um, but I had I was working too much I was literally working at my dad's um, um, company Kingdom Holding Company and we were working north of 12 hours a day or something it was a lot of hours and uh, no time for 
to do any um, physical uh, activities. So mm -hmm. I, after changing my lifestyle and changing uh, to a plant-based diet, lost a lot of weight, and I actually found myself having more ener more energy, producing more. I could concentrate a lot more. I slept a lot better. Mm -hmm. A lot of things affected um, were affected after making that transition, which is very fascinating to me. I didn't even know it was do that. I, it would do that. I just thought it would be just lose weight and then yeah. And how did it impact your your family? I heard you have convinced your your father now to to try this way of eating. Yeah, he read uh, Dr. Greger's uh, Michael Greger's book um, How Not to Die, which I recommend everyone to read. Um, it, it was a real eye, eye opener for me, and obviously for my father. And uh, Dr. Greger was kind enough to fly over to Riyadh with uh, Dr. Brenda Davis. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, sat with him and uh, gave him a really good plan for nutrition, a really good plan on how to um, sustain uh, your energy and um, go on a plant-based diet. And it worked out really well. Yeah. Right, so he's still sticking with it? He's sticking with it. I'm very happy about oh, it. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And so let's sort of talk more about how... So obviously it seems to have transformed your life from a personal standpoint and now um, spreading across your family as well. Mm -hmm. How did your approach to, to business and investment change? You were an investor before that, and it's look, looking at the work you've been doing in the past few years, it seems like you've now transitioned into your focus on KW, KBW Ventures is on sustainability and food and, and sort of crafting a, a better future. Tell me more about if they're interconnected or which came, did that, were you already focused on that? Or? A, a great question. So I was focusing on investments period and I started a P fund private equity fund in the Middle East went really well from 2006 until now moved on and then I did um, I started my own company uh, with a partner of mine a friend of mine is uh, who's currently the CEO of KBW investments so right now we focus on inf infrastructure mm -hmm. um, uh, crane we have a crane company we have uh, an engineering company and fit out company so it's all everything that wraps around construction and uh, fit outs so to speak that went well I'm re I was really excited about that and we went to, we dabbled into real estate and we're into real estate development right now also uh, but again after making that transition and I, 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 I found myself wanting more to do something more as opposed to just look for returns mm -hmm. and uh, don't get me wrong I'm an investor and I do expect returns mm -hmm. uh, but um, I decided to look elsewhere other than just the uh, the traditional stuff that I was that the Middle East was thriving in then which was infrastructure and construction related activities so I decided to move in and create KBW Ventures KBW Ventures really invests in uh, venture capital in early stage companies not too early so C day mm -hmm. uh, and, and after uh, and we focus on uh, companies that have uh, good growth, that are profitable, and also have um, um, some positive impact on the environment, positive impact socially, as opposed to just making money. Mm -hmm. And that's really worked out really well. I'm really happy and really excited about what we're doing. Um, we've got some really, really fascinating companies uh, from a company called Zipline, another company called Prolacta. Just really, really fascinating companies that I was exposed to thanks uh, thanks to inter an introduction of a, of a friend of mine who's actually my attorney. His name is Will. We just met him, Wolf Work. He introduced me to uh, three fascinating and super nice uh, gentlemen, uh, John Burke, John Backus, and uh, Thanasis. And, uh, they have this um, early stage fund that exposed me to these early stage investments. But I can get to a cherry pick which companies uh, participate in and the, the type of companies like I told you about right now are are just fascinating they do and they're do-gooders there's, there's good to be done in, the, um, in doing business and they also make money mm -hmm. it's just fascinating and uh, I'll give you an example Prolacta is a company that um, that takes breast milk mm -hmm. human breast milk and uh, human breast milk is comprised of three um, probably more to the biologist but to me and the, the native um, investor is three elements fat um, protein and liquid and what they do is they formulate it in, in a way that they make it more concentrated for super preemie babies so uh, super preemie babies would spend north of a month month and a half two months maybe three months inside the, the ICU yeah. so they would 
take this uh, burst milk, make it really concentrated and feed it and give it to the hospitals to feed it to the babies as opposed to giving them cow formula, mm -hmm. which by the way has other, um, um, other effects to the baby. So a lot of babies would have digestive uh, issues yeah. that they, they, walk around the rest of their life with this uh, um, satchel, or what, what do you call it? The, the, the digestive system doesn't work anymore. So you have to walk with this bag for the rest of your life. That issue was completely eliminated in the Stanford Hospital just by transforming, just by using the product that Prolacta does. Mm -hmm. It's just oh, fascinating. fascinating. Uh, and they buy the breast milk, obviously, from, uh, from, uh, from, uh, from these ladies. So uh, no, they're, they're not factory farms for humans, uh, as, as people would, uh, would, would, uh, would be shocked about, because why would you uh, do that to a human, but you can do that to an animal? So it doesn't make sense, but that's another subject. Um, but yeah, they do that, and that's just a fascinating company, and uh, it's a brand new company, and uh, that's something I'm really interested in. We invested personally in that. That sounds, and, and that's, um, are they just in the U.S. right now? Right now, they're just in the U.S., and they only have 15% of, uh, of the hospitals in the, middle, in, in, uh, in the U.S. Imagine the growth on there. Imagine the, the impact it will have, the social impact, and, the, and the, um, uh, just the goodness that it will do for so many babies and so many humans when they grow up. Yeah, and and so do you mostly focus on food now? Or are you are you are you looking at any no, sort we do, of we do impact so, investing? We do solar. Uh, mm -hmm. We do solar. We we do a lot of work in um, LED um, energy cons energy conserving um, um, products. So we do, there's a wide array of things, obviously, and do, we do obviously invest in companies that are um, are not in the food industry or not in the um, uh, in the um, energy uh, saving industry, um, we're actually I can't mention what company, but we're actually in advanced talks with a food company right now to uh, to really make a big impact in the world uh, with them, and we're really excited about that one. Uh, hopefully, I, I'll give you the I'll give you the news firsthand, oh. but right now I can't. But uh, it's it's one of the biggest news uh, that I've ever worked on. To be honest, oh, that's exciting. I'm really excited about this, and um, I don't say it lightly when I say we will change the world with this. What we're doing, so that's I'm looking forward to hearing about yeah. that. Um, so let's look at the the food system. Let's talk about what your take is on that. What I found interesting is you mentioned um, when I heard you yesterday, you were talking about how most people are so focused in the U.S. and the fact that we're facing a health crisis. There's you know di diabetes heart disease, cancer spreading, and you, you quoted some pretty interesting statistics about how the Middle East seems to be going through something similar. And we hear about this being a global problem, but here's a clear example. As incomes rise, as people get access to more food, you, they tend to choose the wrong food and, and then sets in motion um, the, a chain of events that eventually leads them to a hospital, unfortunately. so. What what do you, what is your take on the current food system from from a global health standpoint and and how would you what do you think is the problem is it is it access to food is it ac is it access to healthy food is it just that healthy food is not being made exciting enough what do you think is going no, on? I, th I think it's a it's, it's a myriad of, of, of a few factors uh, one of them is uh, just the perception of what healthy food is. And people think a healthy food is is, is um, uh, rice cake, mm. which, by the way, are disgusting. <laughs> but um, um, healthy food does not necessarily mean it has to taste bad. It doesn't have to mean that it doesn't look good. Uh, we've experienced that personally from investing with Matthew Kenny mm -hmm. uh, and his uh, his uh, restaurants and his concept. And you brought his cafe to Bahrain. Exactly, well. we brought his concept. Right into Bahrain and opened our own uh, cafe. Oh, yeah. So that really went well. The idea of a plant-based restaurant uh, serving good-looking, tasty food was something that was foreign over there. And yes, there's an, an epidemic over there of heart disease. Number one issue in, in the Middle East is heart disease. Diabetes is number one, I believe. Number two is heart disease or vice versa. Um, blood pressure is a big, big issue. Um, obesity is an absolutely enormous issue over there, and Saudi Arabia is one of the, um, excuse me, one of the um, leading countries with uh, that has to do with um, obesity. So, so is Qatar, and I believe so is um, 
uh, Kuwait. That's a big issue. And, and we're talking about populations or smaller populations, relatively speaking, uh, other than Saudi. Saudi is about 30 million. Um, so, um, so, but still, that's, that's a small population compared to, you, if you compare them to the United States, there's about 360, 350 million people. Yeah. And when you overtake the United States, that, 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 there's, there's, there's something to be said there. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue for governments. Governments are going to be paying a lot of money for insurance, a lot of, sorry, a lot of money for healthcare, a lot of money for, um, uh, for, um, for their public hospital programs. So that's a big issue for, for them. And, and, and how do you fix that? I don't think the issue is just, it relies on exercise and stuff like that, or, or even in, in, uh, in, uh, in eating meat. It's just the, the the quality of meat that they're eating. So there's a lot of junk food, a lot yeah. of fast food uh, um, um, types of food that I believe should be eliminated. Just outside, outright taxed out of the wazoo just to get either get rid of them or um, give uh, give people an incentive to go somewhere else. How do you give people an incentive to go somewhere else or do something else? Uh, clean meat. Is something that's popping up right now. So super food, uh, super meat is coming up. Memphis meat is coming up. Other companies are, are getting into the space, which is the space that I was talking to you yeah. about, about the big announcement. Hopefully we'll do later. Um, uh, another one is plant-based meats, mm-hmm. like uh, Impossible uh, Food and the uh, Beyond Burger, Beyond Meat. These guys are doing some really, really important stuff that needs to be adopted worldwide by governments because this will not be... Um, this issue of health won't be remedied, uh, remedied uh, by consumers alone. It has to be driven by companies, it has to be driven by, by uh, governments. I, I truly believe that's the best way to move forward with this. And we have the platform. Mm-hmm. Sure, clean meat is a, is a few months, not a few months, uh, a year, a year and a half, two years away. But you still have plant-based meats that are available. You still have plant-based restaurants all over New York, all over the United States, all over um, um, uh, Europe that are popping up that taste good, look good, and they make you feel good. Mm-hmm. So the issue isn't the issue is the remedy is there. It's just a matter of adopting that. So you think what's missing is some sort of an infrastructure supported by government subsidies or policies that can then drive or encourage industries to provide these products and make it more accessible because what do you think is you mentioned changing consumer habits is good but not the most effective because at the end of the day they need to have access to products so what comes first top down bottom up changing dietary behavior is it's a massive on a massive scale has always been tried and failed so many companies have tried that all, all, all over the place um, the issue is right now is we need is we need a healthy, humane, and sustainable alternative to uh, to um, animal place products. Honestly, the only answer is clean meat and uh, plant based proteins, mm-hmm. plant based uh, plant based meat, uh, so to speak. That's the um, that's my view on how to how to move this forward. Subsidies are not going to go anytime soon. Aren't going to go away soon. I mean. Um, the United States uh, spends about $30 billion, I believe, a year um, on, on subsidies for meat, $18 million for, uh, for veg, for food and veg. And just that number alone tells you something. You know, there's, there, there's something to be said about it. What can you do about it? You can do plenty about it. You're in the United States of America. You can, um, every person in this country has a voice. Yeah. Contact your, um, and as cliche as it sounds, yeah. literally, Contact your congressman. Con- contact uh, senators. Make sure that your voices as people are heard. That you want alternatives. You want lessen the alter- lessen the subsidies for the meat industry, and put them into the into the um, into the uh, um, uh, fruit and veg uh, um, uh, industry. <clears throat> to take the one example, mm-hmm. McDonald's hamburger. Let's just use this this the this shitty company. For example, I'm just I'm just gonna say it as it is. That hamburger has not that price has not changed since what thirty years, mm-hmm. forty years. It's been two dollars or three dollars or one dollar roughly, and and that has not been affected at all. Well, it's not magic. There's a reason. Man. They're not good. They're horrible at what they do. They're great at marketing, but they're horrible at what they do. Why? Because they have these huge subsidies mm-hmm. that are working for them. That needs to change. 
And again, that's why I said it has to change from the government side as well as uh, the corporate side. Right. And then consumers will follow. You just have to make it readily available. Yeah. So if the industry grows fast enough, which the last few years have been pretty interesting. We've um, even looked back, say, four years ago, this was sort of unheard of. When you talked about plant-based protein, you typically would think about um, some highly processed um, veggie meat substitute that only hardcore vegans or vegetarians would eat. Now it's turning into, well, let's take the example of Beyond Meat. They're selling their product, the Beyond Burger, right alongside meat in, in some grocery stores. So, and, and now you see everyone seems to be talking about it. It's, but where do you think the business potential is? And how many years do you think, you know, there's some projections of this market reaching X billion dollars by year 2020. Do you, what would be a realistic sort of a, a goal to aim at? What, what segment of the, mar- of the meat industry can this sector take over and say in the next 10, 15 years? How much time would it take really? Let, let me tell you I, a realization that I found uh, after studying so much of, of, uh, of where this food industry is going. I am a 100% believer that the uh, plant-based, um, plant, uh, plant-based um, proteins and the clean meat will be on a one-to-one scale with uh, animal, animal meat. It, was, it will be 100% that. When? I believe it will happen in the next five to ten years. That soon. That's I'm, telling you, I'm telling you it's aggressive. And, and it's realistic. And it will, it, will, it will happen. I'm not saying this just to blow smoke. Uh, yeah. uh, this, this, is, this is studied. I've actually worked with a lot of very, very um, smart and sophisticated people. I'm, I'm actually a donor and a, um, a member of the advisory board of GFI, um, Good Food Institute, yeah. um, GFI.org. I really applaud, applaud people who work there, and um, they're, they're so smart. They're, they're um, very driven and very dedicated to their cause. We've worked with them and other third-party um, uh, consultants to verify these, these facts, these, these predictions that were, and actually they're not prediction anymore, they are facts. They will happen in the, in the next five to 10 years. Um, it has to. It has to be. Um, it has. To, but the, the issue is is getting these products readily available. And right now we're in the we're in the forefront of it. Mm-hmm. It's just the start. Impossible Foods just started their their burger not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, Beyond Me just uh, just started their Impossible uh, Burger. Um, uh, their the Beyond um, their Beyond Burger. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, they're um, they're really moving towards this reality. It's just it's early right now, but I am firm believer by 2025, 2026, 27, things will really shift, really shift. We'll get back to the interview after this quick announcement. Audible is offering listeners of this show a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash eatfortheplanet and browse the selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash eatfortheplanet. That's audible.com slash eatfortheplanet and get started today. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks and original audio shows from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers. I love audiobooks because we lead busy lives and reading usually ends up getting bumped off our priority lists. But I love how Audible makes it easy for me to optimize my time and listen to books and shows on the go. If you're looking for an interesting audiobook to get started with, I highly recommend the book Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. That's I-S-H-M-A-E-L by Daniel Q-U-I-N-N. That book had a huge influence on me, and if you love the topics we cover on this podcast, I'm sure you will find it incredibly interesting. Ishmael begins with a newspaper ad that says, Teacher seeks pupil, must have an earnest desire to save the world, apply in person. It turns out the teacher in question is a gorilla. I won't say too much more, except that Ishmael teaches us what all humans must learn if our species and the rest of life on planet Earth as we know it wants to survive. Now back to the interview. 
let's talk about clean meat because that's one of the you know plant-based protein we seem to have some products and companies impossible and beyond mm -hmm. uh, leading the way that seem to be getting some traction and it, products available in restaurants and grocery stores and they seem to be on a sort of upward you know trajectory at the yeah. moment clean meat seems to be more of an unknown what do you think are the biggest barriers to success in clean meat because clean meat is even more of a game changer than plant-based meat it's a much bigger deal. because it is meat there's, yep. there's no it's not a substitute it isn't a exactly. replica it it's is, actual it's just meat it. yeah yep. what are the biggest barriers based on your conversations you'd have with companies in the space researchers or just your your gut feeling because you seem to be very optimistic but there has to be some hurdles to overcome in the next few years. There are hurdles, and obviously the hurdle would be with the FDA. Mm -hmm. With the FDA thinking, uh, with FDA's approach on on, on how they um, they perceive this product, um, and if they do perceive this product for what it is, as opposed to what others would would make it to be, then uh, it should not be a problem. It's it's uh, it's good for the environment. It has no bacteria, it has no um, uh, hormones, it has no um, antibiotics, and it can be grown in roughly three to four weeks. Uh, I can't think of a one issue that would stop a company from doing something like that, unless it, unless it was a shady company. And I don't see Impossible Foods, I don't see, um, sorry, not Impossible Foods, I don't see Memphis Meats, I don't see uh, Super Meat, I don't see the other companies. Um, being that I, I see them being viable really good products um, and um, and they have the added transparency see, versus factory farms that see, let me they tell don't you, even allow people in let me tell you let's talk let's talk about this uh, from a consumer or from a producer to a producer mm -hmm. I'm a producer of clean meat or I have the technology to give you the licensing to produce clean meat Mr. Factory Farmer which would you rather do? Would you rather have acres and acres and acres of land to buy acres and acres of land? And by the way, you need to maintain that land. I don't, even though you maintain it horribly, you still have to maintain it. You still have to process the waste of these animals. You still have to herd these animals. You still have to find a space for them. You still have to find um, these walls. There are not glass walls to make sure people don't see what the hell is happening inside. Uh, so you can still sell your shitty meat and all that stuff. So you have to jump through so many hurdles just to make a dollar. When in fact, you can, I can license you this technology. You would sell 90% of your land. Have a small area that you can have a little factory that you can start producing clean, um, environmentally friendly, better for your health, not good for your health, better for your health. Uh, meat that's actual meat cellular uh, uh, wise bio, um, uh, uh, what's the word um, biologically yeah, biologically that's the word yeah. biologically wise it's actual meat so which mm -hmm. one would you rather do these people don't care about and this is the honest truth these people don't care about animals they care about how do they produce protein mm -hmm. That's literally what they care they about. They don't care about harming animals either. No, they, just they don't care about harming animals. They just want to be. A, this is their industry. They want to create. They want to create protein. This is a perfect alternative. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm super optimistic about how this can be. This can be achieved, and it can be achieved. Uh, then we've technology has been jumping leaps and bounds, and been uh, has been uh, and and is being uh, on a growth um, uh, linear growth uh, projective. Um, for for a short time you don't have to have 20 years to have this uh, hockey stick growth mm -hmm. you can have this growth really quick with technology that's the beauty of technology that's why I love technology things keep constantly changing so um, these companies and these factory farmers have got a realization in front of them in the next five years do I want to stay there or do I want the guy next door to open up a factory that's tenth of the size of his and literally competing to exa doing exactly what he's doing on a better scale or a smaller scale and a more profitable scale how's the cost model where do you see that going because as you know where, where does that stand today 
and is it like the cost of um, computer technology, which gets the, the technology gets faster and the costs keep going down? See, I'm itching to tell you this partnership that I have, but I'm not, <laughs> but I can right now. But anyway, the cost is going to be driven down substantially in the next 18 months mm -hmm. to a point where maybe it's not one-to-one -one because of the heavy subsidies mm -hmm. that these um, um, uh, that these um, um, meat in, the, the, the meat industry has but it will be comparative to organic meat yeah. organic to it'll be it'll be as expensive if not less expensive than having a one-to-one -one Kobe beef and Kobe beef one is actual beef another sorry one is uh, from a murdered cow and the other one is from a cellular um, ext extracted um, product. It'll be one-to-one. -one. And does it, do you think, as a, f so yeah, I guess here's my question, because there's a lot of focus, especially here in the United States, on, um, when, especially when you make the sustainable argument for ending factory farming or animal agriculture, the, the quick next point a lot of environmentalists and a lot of conscious consumers jump to is but I produce my meat that's locally pasture raised and grain uh, grass fed is your feeling that in the next as a first step clean meat is pretty much going to make that um, better so called better form of meat obsolete because this, this will this will be the same quality, but without even using the land and the um, um, environment, the, the greenhouse gas emissions associated with even grass-fed meat that's out there today. By the time, by the time that this all happens, I think they, um, I think that factory farming will have, will have been obsolete. And I don't say that lightly. So not just the organic meat. You're saying this is. Going I'm to talking about factory farming. Okay. I'm not talking about um, um, grass-fed people mm -hmm. raising their cattle, and that's a whole other subject. <laughs> um, factory farming is my issue. Mm -hmm. Factory. My my main goal is to relegate factory farming and put it into the dustbin of history. That is my goal. That is what I'm striving for. That will happen before I die. That, that is, there is no doubt in my mind. I, I will make that happen. We all will make that happen. Mm -hmm. Whether people will want to eat um, grass-fed uh, beef or cellular or clean meat, that's up to them. Mm -hmm. but, the, but my issue is factory farming. My issue is the horrible imprisonment and the, 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 the shitty environment that these poor animals are in. If I can eliminate that, I'm 90%, I'm 99% there. Right. I don't think I will ever be 100%, I don't think I will ever reach 100% because in the reality, there's always going to be people that say, no, I just want this other type mm -hmm. of meat. That's fine with me. Yeah. I can't change your mind, but I'm gonna give you the alternative. If you want it, great. If you wanna kill yourself, let's go ahead. I can't stop him from smoking. Right. But people still do. So you think, I wouldn't. I hate to call it real meat, but you think conventionally grown meat will become more of a sort of specialty food product that will probably be very expensive in the long run. Hopefully, yes. That's Hopefully, the yes. goal, at least. That's the goal in this. Well, sorry. The goal is to eliminate factory farming. What are the side um, things that happen from that? That's that that's, that that's a good alternative. That's right. a good side uh, result from it, but. The goal of factory farming is the number one. Mm -hmm. It's the number one thing for. And me. given where we are today as a planet, our population and where it's it's headed by twenty fifty, yeah. this is we kind of really don't have any other option if you if you want to still be around. Plant plant base and clean meat are the only two uh, answers to the growing population. Nine point seven billion by twenty fifty. Yeah. yeah. That they will never be uh, fed. They, you cannot sustain. Um, um, feeding this many people with the inefficiency, the gross inefficiencies that we have uh, in our system right now. And people like Bill Gates, people like Sergey Brin, mm -hmm. people like uh, Eric Schmidt understand that. And, and that's why they put their money where their mouth is. These are, the, these are people I look up to. These are people I admire. These are people who, if I shake their hands, I actually get goosebumps because I understand these are actual people who care, mm -hmm. who understand about the future. 
Um, so yes, yes. How do you, how do you um, um, work on um, on a solution for feeding nine point seven billion people? It's definitely not through factory farming. Mm. It's definitely not through uh, the, the gross inefficiencies and the disgusting inefficiencies that we have right now. It's through plant-based um, uh, protein and and, uh, and the clean meat. So is that uh, your core um, on the food side is, your, is a big focus from an investment standpoint? How do things like food service, restaurants fit in? Could you sort of describe your investment thesis or strategy there? From production right up to to plate, uh, how are you planning to get involved? The idea to get involved to definitely be in as a wholesaler, and then get it to distributors, and the distributors do what they want. So the 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 Tyson's of the world, uh, the WalMarts of the world, these are the guys who are going to make the biggest difference. Uh, we're only going to supply you with the ethical, clean alternative that's good for that's better for people and. Um, um, and better for better for the environment, better for people, and one hundred percent better for animals. And and do you think this innovation is mostly coming out of the U.S.? I know there's some companies. There's most of meat now in in Netherlands. There's super meat, which is um, in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, are you starting to see this grow beyond that, or uh, is it? It, 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 this will these companies will lead the way and then it'll it'll just sort of start a new movement I'm just no, I'm just noticing these three or four companies in the world that are popping up so one in the Middle East one in uh, a few in America and one in Netherlands I believe so they're popping up but I believe people are are, um, are just on the sideline to see how this technology evolves um, and I think it's evolving very nicely uh, really really nicely uh, we've seen um, We've seen the first chicken breast being, being produced, being the first meatball being produced. Uh, I don't think it's going to be really, uh, really uh, far away before we see um, the fish being produced, the toro, the, uh, the um, tuna and all that stuff being produced. So that, the, those are the things that we're waiting for and the, the um, um, shrimp and all those. Those are the things that we're waiting for to actually to happen and I believe we can make that happen and I believe these companies make that happen, can make that happen. Yeah. It's just that they're focusing on one area, perfect that area and then copy and paste it to other areas. Got it. And from a consumer standpoint, how do you, maybe you haven't thought about that yet or perhaps you have, what will get consumers to make the switch? Um, you have to make it you have ready available you have to make it one to one comparison price wise mm-hmm. it can't be more expensive maybe marginally but it cannot be much more expensive it has to be as expensive and it has to be readily available you can't have um, um, you can't have uh, have an option to the people that you tell people it'll be here next week or so it has to be readily available for people to pick up as this the meat industry um, gladly makes uh, animal fresh readily available every single day, every single time people go to a convenience store. It has to be that. That is the main focus. And then when that is when that is achieved, people will naturally gravitate towards what's better for them. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. It will just it's 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 not rocket science. People will automatically go to what's better for them if it's readily available and if it's as, as expensive. Re- the price wise is what's baffling for me mm-hmm. because. If if you're if you're thinking that meat is less expensive than a salad, then factor in cancer for a second. Mm-hmm. Factor in diabetes for a second. Factor in um, heart disease for a second, and then you'll understand that it's not only less expensive, it's it's enormously less expensive to eat uh, on to go on a plant based um, uh, diet as opposed to being uh, on a meat based diet. Even, a, even the term vegetarian, even the term of uh, meatless Mondays, mm-hmm. that's all fine. I'm all with these, uh, with these programs and I, I, I encourage people to go through them and to do them and live by them. However, use them as, as a means to an end. Use them to understand that I, at the end of, of, of this cycle, I need to transform my eating habits from harming the environment from harming this, uh, from harming animals, and harming myself, to not harming the animals, not harming um, uh, 
the environment and marginally harming yourself needing clean clean meat. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the, that's the alternative. That, that's the reality of it. Red yeah. meat is just bad for you. I don't care how the heck you cook it. I don't care how the hell you steam it. How the hell you boil it. Mm-hmm. It's red meat. Um, and that's not me. That's Harvard uh, and that's the FDA. I mean, all the all the reputable organizations and, 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 and government entities have, have already said that. So it, it, that, that's my point of view on that. Yeah. I mean, the science is clear on meat. Even if you do want to include it in your diet, you should probably limit it. And um, I don't think anyone, including meat eaters, would necessarily disagree with that as, um, as a healthy, nutritionally sound way to, to make your food choices. So I think we're on the same I think most people are on the same page with that. I'm totally. I mean, I, I, I am yet to see someone who tells me meat is good for you. Mm. I'm yet to feel one of someone who tells me there's a study that says meat is good for you. It just doesn't exist. Um, I'm yet to see a study that says cigarettes are good for you, but people should smoke. So if you want to say you want to smoke, smoke. You want to view vape or vape all that the new stuff that people are doing. Fine, do that. But then the day, clean meat is the good is the best alternative for your health, for the environment, mm-hmm. and especially for animals. Yeah, that's. Well, I think you're a good spokesperson for the industry. Um, for sure. I'm a student compared to someone like you and compared to other people that I, that I look up to in this industry. People, I mean, I think, you know, people at the end of the day, we've, the sad part is um, we've convinced people that it's normal to consume, um, say, for example, milk from a cow. Um, I think we can, we can easily convince people that um, producing meat that does not involve env- environmental destruction and animal suffering and that can most I'm, I'm pretty sure will be tested from a nutrition health standpoint and if it passes all those tests and can be made to taste the same and cost largely the same question is why not really uh, that, that's a great question I mean honestly there's no there's no reason why and, and, and then to the day if you lessen uh, the consumption of meat by default, you're lessening the, the suffering and the cruelty and the murder of, um, of, of, of innocent animals in horrific ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a goal. That's a goal to be, to, to, um, to strive by and try to aim and shoot towards. Um, yeah, you, you, again, uh, pe- people are always going to do what they want to do. Yeah. But you have to make it readily available for them just to understand that this is a viable option and it's better for you. So. Where do you see your role going forward in um, in this movement? Um, we're in the very early years, obviously. This this four years ago, no one was even talking about this. It was um, it was a dream, more than uh, reality. And most people would, would laugh us off for having this conversation. Um, but that doesn't seem like much of a dream anymore. It seems like we are years away, and maybe we all can be as optimistic as you and. I think you're being realistic because you're on the you're on the front lines of the issue. So if you're saying it, I, I, I take that to be most likely what's going to happen. What do you see as your role going forward in um, in making this a possibility? Whether it's um, through investments, um, spreading the word, talking to people, because we have to hit the issue from multiple fronts. Just pouring money into it, of course, is a starting point, but um, how do you what's your goal with this going forward I obviously I see your vision with it yeah but where do you see your specific day-to-day fitting in my day-to-day fitting in and there's always going to be in the um, in the background I'm always going to be the, the investor who backs um, good uh, conscious um, um, companies that have a really really good um, uh, future and, uh, and there's a good opportunity for growth that's my that's 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 my um, that's my role. Maybe an interview here and there, maybe a talk here and there with people like you and and um, and, and others. But um, the real heroes are the companies and the uh, and uh, the um, the the innovators and the people who are GFI, Bruce. Uh, um, uh, these are the people that. I'm always, always going to look up to and hide behind because these are the guys who are going to be really the spokesmen uh, for this movement and this and this liberation, so to speak, and this liberation for for the environment, this liberation for people's health, also. So um, 
my role is always going to be in the back. I'm always going to push people to, to, make, it, to make a difference. I'm never going to just invest just because it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going you're gonna to have to convince me that this is a good, viable business that it will grow and it will make money um, and it will sustain uh, and it will do good. Um, I'm not going to be an easy investor, obviously. I'm always going to push um, CEOs. I'm always going to push management to do better and better and better. But then again, and after that, they are the ones who are going to be in the front line. I'm always going to be in the back line. That's a, that's. I mean, that's a very crucial role. Maybe it is, and I hope it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like it feels like it is, um, and um, I hope more and more and more people do that. Yeah, uh, just just because this we need that. This 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 planet needs that. I think as a as someone who also runs my own company, I see one of the challenges most entrepreneurs tend to face is meeting investors it's not just you know investment isn't just about getting money it's about getting someone on board who understands your your mission and your vision who is aligned from a value and goal standpoint as you and then who can kind of not just be your driving force from a funding standpoint but uh, who can think like you and and think tougher than you and smarter than you and then drive you to do things that are possibly not you didn't even think you were capable sure, of doing sure. I think so the investor plays a crucial role it's great to see that happening in, in this space mm-hmm. um, and in such an organized way and I think investors play a role but it's not limited to that if you you of course need the entrepreneurs you need the scientists you need uh, the health experts the media you need all of us oh, yeah. to be to be part of this movement if if people you know are going to look back so let's talk about that perhaps. Sure. What is your vision for, you know, I know you said your goal is to end uh, factory farming and relegate it to the dustbin of history, um, which I think is a very noble goal. Um, what is your vision for the year 2050? If you could, um, you're creating the future, so I wouldn't say if you could see the, the future. The, the companies are creating the future. I'm just lucky enough to be to, to, to have part the companies of the <laughs> Uh, what would you see the what would that world look like in 2050 where you know clean meat has uh, the goals that you have with these companies and, and and perhaps others that will come about in the next few years more awareness around the environmental impact of um, animal ag- factory farming and animal agriculture that's grown conventionally as well as the health impact of, of eating meat and dairy and cheese and, and other products where, as I said earlier, early stages of that, if this continues down this path that we are, what is the world going to look like in 2050 that you're going to look back and, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be high-fiving and uh, smiling at the, at the great success we've uh, experienced. In our wheelchairs. <laughs> no, we're, we're plant-based. We'll be, we'll be running marathons. <laughs> ah, that's a tough question. Um... I re uh, I can't emphasize this enough. I really believe in my heart and soul that by twenty fifty, even before that, but in twenty fifty, because that's the number you put in there, we will have looked back at two thousand and twenty five, and said, "God damn it, we used to do that to animals." Hmm. Um, this is something that I really see us us doing. I think the environment will change. I think we'll have better alternatives for people's health. Um, I think it'll be a healthier and happier world. I really, really believe that. Um, and uh, I, I don't believe that just to say it, just so, just so, just to sound all magical and 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 and, and unicornian and all that mm-hmm. stuff. No, this is. I, I really do believe that's going to happen. It's a, it's a, it's a real alternative. Mm-hmm. It's in front of us. Clean meat is real. Clean mm-hmm. clean meat is being produced in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it can be grown in three weeks, as opposed to nine months or ten months or two years before I don't know a calf to grow up or uh, duck or chicken and all that stuff. It, it's it's real. That's why I'm saying this is not something that's ever going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. I've actually had m- my honest opinion a month and a half or two months ago was that we'll never be able to eradicate factory farming. Until I sat down with Bruce. Wow. I swear to you, until I sat down with Bruce and I talked to him and I listened. 
sorry, he talked to me and I listened. And I listened very carefully what he was saying. And then I met with different companies, three or four companies. I asked them questions, I grilled them, and I talked to them. And we spent hours and hours until my idea and my thought was literally debunked. And I'm a whole believer that by 2050, before that, but by 2050, this will definitely be behind us. Given given that you've had this realization, do you, what do you have to? What is your thoughts on where things stand today with uh, all the debate around whether people believe climate change is real mm-hmm. or fossil fuels and um, all the focus on the problems, um, not enough focus on animal agriculture as a problem, but all these other sources of greenhouse gas emissions. Yep. People seem to be so caught up with the doom and gloom of what's going to happen and be waiting for the government over here or internationally, the Paris Agreement or something else to be that silver bullet that's going to fix everything. While, as you just pointed out, you've seen the solution. It exists and it's going to be a reality. Why aren't more people talking about this? and Why are people still debating and arguing about all that other stuff? Whether there are uh, different factors uh, that affect the reality of what climate change is actually caused by, that's another subject. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get into that because we can debate that all. And sorry, not debate, but we can because uh, you you and I are on the same page. But whomever in front of you would have a different um, idea than him and I or her and I can have a debate left mm-hmm. and right for hours. Um, the fact of the matter is. If we can solve the climate environment, the, the environment, the climate change or the environment issue that we have right now by doing stuff that's not relatively um, related to um, climate change, then that's a, that's a success by default. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to I, I don't want to get to talk to people about how factory farming is harming the environment. I'll mention it and I'll mention it and I'll mention it until your ears bleed and I'm going to mention it some more. But you don't have to believe me. But the fact of the matter is if we change to another alternative, there are a myriad of um, of benefits that can happen from that. And by the way, the environment will benefit from that. But don't do that for the environment. <laughs> do that for your health. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing that people are concerned about, their health yeah. and their wallet. Um, so um, how do I change, how, how do I talk about that? It's, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible, but it's really hard to start talking to people about how uh, animal agriculture um, affects the environment or contributes more to global warming more than the entire um, transportation industry combined. It's hard to people to fathom that. It's hard for people to put that into reality. So therefore, you you tackle it by default. You tackle it by giving people alternatives um, uh, for their health, alternative meats, alternative plant-based proteins, mm-hmm. and by default, this is the uh, this is the uh, the result. One of the results from it is better for the environment. Do uh, do I think that we need to cut down on the fossil fuels? Yes, for sure. I mean, it's it's it, uh, Everybody's on board for that. That's why, that's why Tesla is so successful. That's yeah. why uh, all the auto, auto industry is trying to catch up to, to Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. True visionary. So um, that's definitely something that's, uh, that's, um, that, need, that these industries need to catch yeah. up on. But um, that's, that's a secondary issue yeah. for me. So, because it's already moving. There's the, the, Paris and the, the Paris agreement, this agreement, that agreement. They're already doing stuff for the environment. Yeah. We're going to do stuff uh, for the environment, but by default. Right. Yeah. But the good, the, the good part about working on this problem is that you can even talk about the problem. You can say it's more greenhouse gas emissions than transportation, the leading cause of deforestation and yeah. all this other stuff, yeah. including ocean acidification and species extinction. and. Yeah. Pollution and I can go on. Yep. But then you can offer them the solution, which isn't going to be too tough for people to accept. Exactly. Which is the best part here. Mm-hmm. It isn't okay. Don't drive your car or yeah, um, yeah, you know, take ahead. the bus everywhere. Yeah. That's and not a solution. This. That's why I find this 
problem pretty fascinating too because the the solution is is so simple you change the way you eat mm -hmm. and today you can do that too you can choose more plant-based and you already part of the solution yeah tomorrow if you find that's not something you're willing to take on perhaps you go and buy you know a plant-based meat or clean, clean meat, meat when it's available yeah. so you're right in thinking it's um it's kind of like the Tesla strategy. You create an amazing car and people buy it because it's an amazing car. It also happens to benefit the environment, but the majority of people who were buying Teslas when they first came out uh -huh. was because yeah, that was a damn good looking car and it yep. drove well. Yep. 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 Um, and you do the same thing now in the food space and the, the impact is even more because you know everyone eats every day and maybe not everyone wants to drive a fancy car, but everyone wants good food and everyone wants to enjoy food. So. Yeah. I think it's um, it's a bit of a no-brainer that we're gonna. This is how we're gonna solve the problem. Ah, that's that, that's it. it. It literally is a no-brainer. I, I see it and I echo what you just said. Um, all right, so I'm gonna end with the last question, sure. kind of connected to some of the things we were talking about. Your vision for the future, your hopes. How would you want to be remembered? Because um, you seem to have stepped deep into this problem and are very passionate about the solution and very optimistic about it becoming a reality. What do you want to be remembered for? If I have a hand in eradicating factory farming, that's, that's, that's one thing that I want to be remembered. I think that would be number one, honestly, because, um, it's unfathomable what, what animals go through. And uh, you can compare that to all human suffering and everything, but and, and, uh, until that happens systematically on a day-to-day -day basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute basis to every being that we consume, um, and then that happens to a human, this, this, there's, no, there's no apple to apple uh, comparison. I'm on, I guess, I guess my, my most important thing is would be for my daughters and for close friends and then the general people obviously to be remembered as, uh, as someone who cared, someone who really genuinely cared about doing good for the environment and um, as weird as it sounds, I'm not, I'm not, that's not a goal for me, I don't, I'm not, I, okay, I don't want to sound pompous or anything but I don't really care about how I'm remembered as long as I achieve my goal. Yeah. And after I'm dead, I don't care. I'm dead. <laughs> you know? What matters is how you spend your time here. How I spend my time here and how I feel about how I spend my time here and whether I'm doing the right thing. And the validation that I see from the smiles of people, the, um, the interviews that I do with people like yourselves and then just the, the, the amazing people that I meet in these um, summits that I go to or these... Uh, gatherings that I go to or um, or just being walking on the street or stuff like that that's that's enough for me to say yeah I think something I think I'm doing something right and uh, personally I'm, I'm uh, I believe that I'm doing something right a lot of people by the way would argue that no you need to focus on other stuff you need to focus on what's quote-unquote important yeah. this is a, this is my important you focus on what you're important this is my important and uh, we're all we're, we're all on we're all on the path to make each other better. sorry to make ourselves better. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it my way. People do it their way. Yeah, that's I I, I wish I can give you a grandiose answer. Oh, that's like pretty good. But hey, it is yeah. what it is for me. That's great though. No, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate your honesty, your passion, your um, and and the fact that you're focused on this issue. I mean, I'm four years ago. If I knew this was uh, what was going to happen when we were starting One Green Planet, I would have, um, I would have been uh, <laughs> a little bit more aggressive in telling people that this is the future, but it is the reality now and we're, we're part of it. And Isn't I'm, it uh, exciting? And I think it's a very exciting time to be, to be involved in the space and doing this work. It's an exciting time to be alive now. It is. Really.
Wow, and people are just uh, pessimistic. I don't think there's any reason to be pessimistic. If you watch Leonardo DiCaprio's thing, <laughs> you have to be pessimistic because it ended without what the hell am I going to do now? Yeah, and, and I think giving people the solution is, and that's yeah. what we've tried to do from the beginning. The solu- this, yeah, exactly. Point people to the solution and, you know, point if the solution people, is... Point people to the correct solution, yeah. not to a solution that you're driven by only, but the correct yeah. solution. The correct solution is not take little bit shorter showers. <laughs> the correct solution isn't taking your bike to work day. Mm. No, it's not. The, the solution is obvious. I'm not going to go through it. You already went through it yeah. through our hour right now. But the solution is clear. Give, give the environment its right. Respect the environment to actually say what's really affecting it. Mm-hmm. And what it, in return, what will actually affect us. Because the environment ain't going anywhere. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. The world's gonna be fine when we're gone. Actually, we're gonna thrive when we're gone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in that world until that happens. I want. I want to make sure that that doesn't happen to my girls. I don't want to make sure that doesn't happen to my girls, girls and boys, in, in the yeah. future. And what better solution than something that tastes amazing? So, <laughs> I wouldn't eat it, but yes, I agree. <laughs> Um, well, okay, we'll end with, on that um, yep. that note. Thank you so much for our, um, your time today and uh, appreciate you being with us today in our office here in New York City. Thank you very much um, for having me. We hope this is the first amongst many conversations and uh, and then we'll check in every every couple of months or years as this becomes a reality and then I can say, well, you're the first one to say this is going to happen in 15 please, years. Please do. Please. I, I love these conversations. These conversations are really fun. I'd love to keep talking. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Eat for the Planet with Nil Zacharias. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to show your support, please subscribe to the show and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about how Eat for the Planet can help your brand or organization develop the right strategy, implement scalable operations, and grow responsibly, visit EFTP.co. That's EFTP.co. Let's rise up to the challenge of transforming our food system. Thank you for listening. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.